Are we making sure that we can scale? Are we making sure that we're not dropping any data? So those are the goals. And then as a PM, as a program manager, you get to work with engineers to make sure that those goals are being realized. Also, when it comes to designing, when it comes to how do we get from point A to point B, right? It's not as, especially at the more complex projects that you work on, it's not as easy as, oh, just write this line of code and then you're going to go from A to B. Sometimes it is, most of the times it's not. So that path from one point to another with the lens of a customer experience, because at the end of the day, I think part of the big role of the PM is the customer experience. Not just making sure that the code works, is how can the customer use it? How is the customer going to engage with it? Is it documented? And that's, I think, the lens that, that PM has. There are PMs that write code. There are PMs that never touch the code. Welcome to Latinx in Power, a podcast hosted by Thaisa Fernandes. When it comes to achieving success in the world of business, there's nothing more vital than supercharging your revenue. Sales professionals do more than just close deals. They timelessly chase leads, forecast growth, generate insightful reports, manage contacts, curate compelling content and crush those ever-important numbers. The tasks on their plate seems never-ending. As we gear up for the fourth quarter, is the perfect time to explore a superior path to success. This journey starts with the all-new HubSpot Sales Hub. With the HubSpot Sales Hub, you will unlock a seamlessly integrated platform where your data, tools, and teams seamlessly converge, forging a sophisticated and highly adaptable workspace that is an absolute joy to work with. It is the place where you can effortlessly convert potential leads into active pipelines and bring deals to fruition, all from Unified Hub. Plus, sequences and smooth workflows help reps streamline tasks and spend more time on what they do best. Connecting with customers? With Sales Hub, closing deals is no big deal. Try it yourself at hubspot.com sales. Welcome to Latinx in Power. Today we are talking with Beatriz Mendes Gadica. Beatriz is an engineer and program manager at Microsoft, specializing in diverse engineering disciplines, nonprofit work, and advocacy for women in STEM. Welcome, Beatriz. Hola, thank you so much for having me, Thaisa. I'm so excited in this conversation. Another one that is like a long time in the making and this episode <laughs> <laughs> we are making happen today on a Friday, very special yes. Friday. <laughs> It was nice that Pablo's put us together. So I appreciate that from Pablo. I know. Yeah, we miss each other. I think when we were talking, I was like leaving back home. So yeah, I'm so glad we are making it happen today. And in this episode, we'll dive into Beatriz's role in the tech industry, her founding of Nuevo Foundation to empower underrepresented students in STEM, her insights on overcoming career challenges, and her valuable advice for women pursuing tech careers. Such important topics. And first thing first, what does it mean to be a Latina for you, Beatriz? 
for me, how I think about it is that resiliency, right? Like things are not given to us. We look for them and we make a way where there might not be one. And at least that's how I grew up. And that's my upbringing. It's like, well, if things are not there, that's fine. Can you get there? And how would you get there? And so it takes a village to get there, but it's possible. And I think that that Latino spirit, si se puede, or like, yes, you can, it's possible, or figure out a way. If it's not straight, then maybe you have to curve and then in order to get to where you want to go. That's to me what's important. And today, if funny enough, is the kickoff of Hispanic Heritage Month here in the U.S. Yeah, perfect timing. And yeah, I love what you said, like the sense of like takes a village and also this sense that you should use your village, <laughs> you know, because sometimes we might feel lonely, we might feel, we might struggle, right? And maybe it doesn't come natural for us to ask for help or like use the resources that you have in terms of like friendships and connections. So I think it's a, a good reminder for all of us to, yeah, really like use your community, help your community and they can help you too. Absolutely. And then also as a Latina, what I feel is the responsibility of how do we bring more to the tech field? How do we bring more to education? And that's just part of me of giving back. And I think we as Latino tend to do that, right? Like if you made it, then how do you get your cousin, your sister, your brother into it? Yeah, absolutely. And can you tell us more about your role as a program manager in Microsoft and how it relates to your background in engineering? Perhaps you can start like giving an overview about program management. <laughs> yeah, so program management, how I would define it is solving problems and finding a way to get to your goals. So what does that mean? I work in a product. Uh, what I work on, it's called Azure Usage Billing. So we are responsible for the usage that any Azure service generates. And then it goes to a different department, which is commerce. That's the ones that rate it. But our goal is, are we making sure that the latency is there? Are we making sure that we can scale? Are we making sure that we're not dropping any data? So those are the goals. And then as a PM, as a program manager, you get to work with engineers to make sure that those goals are being realized. Also, when it comes to designing, when it comes to how do we get from point A to point B, right? It's not as, especially at the more complex projects that you work on, it's not as easy as, oh, just write this line of code and then you're going to go from A to B. Sometimes it is, most of the times it's not. So that path from one point to another with the lens of a customer experience, because at the end of the day, I think part of the big role of the PM is the customer experience not just making sure that the code works, is how can the customer use it? How is the customer going to engage with it? Is it documented? And that's, I think, the lens uh, that PM at. There are PMs that write code. There are PMs that never touch the code. So I think there's a big spectrum. In this particular team where I'm on, I don't touch the code. In my previous team where I was on, I got to check in features. So it really depends on your team. What are the needs? Where can you utilize your skills better? So that's what I see as the PM role. And that's what I do at Microsoft is usage building. At some point when it becomes public, there will be a lot of more stuff that you can Google and find about. For right now, it's mostly internal. Mm -hmm. I love your overview. 
in the sense that you might do different things. You might code or you might not, depending on the role, depending on the project you are working. I love that. And I think you shared a little bit about that as well, your sense that you, you want to help people, you want to inspire people to get into tech as well. And yeah, I wanted to hear more. What's inspired you to start Nuevo Foundation and how the organization impacted underrepresented students in STEM education? Yeah, so how Nuevo started is I learned how to code in university. And so I'm not saying that's bad or not, but in this competitive market, when you have other countries outside of the U.S. where students start learning how to code in second grade, it's like, well, you already have X more years of advantage of coding, right? And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't have that opportunity, which is fine. I'm from Venezuela. That's where I grew up. We didn't really have any computer classes or anything like that, but I knew I wanted to do something with computers. So I went to college, I learned. And then when I get to join Microsoft, one of the things that has always been part of me is how can I give back? So I used to volunteer at the university. I got to be part of Tecnologicas uh, with Microsoft, so representing Latinas in Microsoft across the, the U.S. And then I'm like, okay, what can we do so that way more kids, regardless if they are Latinos or not, get an opportunity to be exposed to computer science at a younger age? That younger age can be elementary school, that can be middle school, that can be high school, but that they don't have to wait like me till I went to college. So I convinced four friends with me in a cafeteria and I say, hey, what do you think about this crazy idea of starting a nonprofit where we teach kids how to code because of what I just shared, right? I didn't have the opportunity. That doesn't mean that I cannot give that opportunity to the rest of the kids, especially the ones that we can have an impact on. And all the four of them had either similar experiences or have seen the need that Computer science, it's not really democratized across, not even across the U.S., but to have access to computer science, it's something that it should be available to everyone, but unfortunately it's not. And there are a lot of organizations, not just Nuevo, but there's a lot of organizations that are working on that to make sure that every kid has a chance. So when we sat down, we're like, okay, let's do this. We have no background in business, no background in marketing, no background, a lot of stuff. But we all have a heart that we wanted to make sure that if we can teach kids or expose kids to computer science, if one of the kids in the classroom was going to be excited to say, I'm going to be a software engineer, I'm going to be a PM, I'm going to be a designer, I'm going to do this, or it's possible for someone that looked like me to land in tech, um, that was what we call success. The first year we set out to help 500 students, that was our goal, and Whoa. we taught over 2,000. Whoa, so that's was, incredible. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. So today we've taught almost 16,000 students in 33 countries. So we're very proud of what we do. There is the need, if you're listening to this and you might not know how to code or you might have a neighbor or a nephew or a kid or a cousin or whatever, all this stuff is available for free at nuevofoundation.org. We also have translated in Portuguese, in Spanish, German, French, there's a lot of languages. It's not parity with English. We're getting there. And that's something that we worked on the hackathon this week. But the whole point is, how can we help democratize computer science access, especially to those that are underrepresented? That's incredible. We are going to link to the description of the episode, the link of Nuevo Foundation. 
and yeah, everything you're saying today so folks can have easy access. And please, if you're listening to us, take advantage of this resource. This is incredible. Congratulations. I'm very, very, very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I want to share with you a podcast that I have been enjoying. It's called Inclusion and Marketing, and it's hosted by Sonia Thompson, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Inclusion and Marketing digs into important topics like belonging, customer experience, and diversity, and how you can practice inclusive marketing authenticity. Because when you lead with inclusivity, you win the attention, adoration, loyalty, and trust of a broader group of consumers. And I really enjoyed the episode about lessons in belonging from Beyonce's Renaissance World Tour. And I love how Sonia discussed the profound link between life, business, and customer loyalty as I found invaluable lessons on belonging from her experience attending the Beyonce's tour. And I love to invite you to take a listen to inclusion and marketing whenever you get your podcast. And what challenges have you faced through your career and how have you overcome that? And I love those type of questions because I love the sense that we can learn with each other. So perhaps I don't need to repeat the same thing that happened. I can learn with you and we can like all like have this moment where we can share and learn and grow. So I wanted to hear from you if there's any challenge you face and anything you want to talk more with us. Yeah, so in terms of challenges, I mean, pretty much since college, when I went to my computer science classes or coding classes, uh, when we started it, it was five women, then half semester, I was the only one left. Some classes, we were just two women left. But at the same time, this is how I see things. And it's not just because I'm a strong, independent woman. It's more like, well, how do I make it work? So... It was like, okay, well, um, if I'm the only girl, if I'm just two, like, how do I make sure that I can be in a group that regardless of their gender, that I can have an impact as well? It's not easy at the beginning, but then you're like, you know what? Maybe it's okay. Like, it's okay. I can add to this, add to this project, add to this school or, or anything that you're working as a group. And so that's how I, I graduated and it worked out. And then at work, I'm the only Latina in the team. There's other two Latinos as well, but female Latina, I'm the only one on my team. And I think that has helped me to work with other cultures at work. And it has been great. And also, I think that from their perspective, hopefully they're learning that we Latinos come in all shapes and colors and forms. And we're not necessarily all from the same place. So that's been one thing. And then the other stuff is sometimes to grow, you need to have those mentors or those folks that believe in your potential that maybe you might not see it yourself. So that happened to me. When I started at Microsoft, I was in services and I was doing very good and, and had great customers and all that. But then someone saw something in me that was, how about you move to engineering? And so I'm like, ah, I, I, maybe, I don't know, like it's possible. And then I'm like, yes, just go, go for it. So I did my interviews and I've been here and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done it sooner. But it's just like those kind of stuff that I don't know if it's a struggle again, because I, I try not to focus on being the victim 
more about what can I do? How do I move forward? How can I get to my next level or to the next project or to the next? Um, and for that, it has been have a great set of mentors, not just one, but more than one, making sure that your mental health is in the right place whatever that is for you, making sure that you have an outlet, whatever that outlet is, for me, is the gym. And is also doing philanthropic work, which is the work that we do with Rebel Foundation. I think if you have those, because mentor can be your family, mentor can be your partner, mentor can be whomever you find that you can also have a bidirectional relationship where you're getting help, but you also are helping them in something. That's how I see things. I got what you meant. And I love what you said about shifting the narrative and focusing on the opportunities. And I love that maybe because we are both program managers, which is like things that <laughs> we are always like focusing on like the opportunities, the business side of the things and how you can translate this to your own personal life. I think it's very interesting, uh, like shift your energy towards the opportunities And with that, mm -hmm. also helping people. This is amazing. I love everything you said. I'm feeling very inspired. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And what advice would you give to young women who are considering pursuing careers in tech, especially those from underrepresented backgrounds? Yeah. So what I'll say is today you have Google, but not just that, you have ChatGTP. And I think that might be overrated sometimes or underrated. It depends on your circle. But now you can literally ask any questions to ChatGTP, and it does a very great deal of explanation of anything that you want to know that maybe people in your surroundings don't know. And why do I say that? Because, for example, when we go and teach students in areas that are a little bit more rural or a little bit more focused on manufacturing, for those students or for those young women that don't know if engineering or STEM in general is their path and they might not have anybody around themselves that have gone into that path. The thing that we have with ChatGDP, with YouTube, with Google, I think those are questions that at least I didn't have ChatGDP. Like that's very recent. So that you can ask, what is like to be a program manager at Google? And then it will tell you what it's like to be a program manager at Microsoft. What it's like to be a software engineer with a background in data science. What it's like to be a security engineer. So those are the kind of questions that maybe if you're underrepresented, you don't have those role models around your folks that you can just access. We do have the power of going to the internet. Now, if there's no internet, that's a different story. I think at that point, uh, it would be with people in your communities. But if you have access to the internet, like public libraries have access to the internet, I think to me, that's a great way. And also finding role models, right? You have this podcast where I'm sure that Thaisa has interviewed amazing folks as well. You can learn from their story, but also, yes, you have the internet. Yes, you have resources and you might have people and friends or not. But the first thing you have to ask yourself is, is this the right path for me? And why are you doing, why are you decided to go on this path? Is it because it's something that interests you? If so, you'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. Or if it's something because somebody told you about it and that you should do. And I think that's, that's a self-reflection question that each of us have to ask ourselves. And then based on that answer, I think the rest will come a little bit easier. Yes, I understand that there can be financial burden. Yes, I understand that there might be that your parents are skeptical 
about STEM. Yes, it could be culture. It could be a lot of things. But I think if you are convinced, you are excited, it's something that you would like to try, that, that you have a passion for it, things can come easier versus just doing something because somebody told you to do something. Yeah, that's really good advice because now, as you said, we have a lot of resources, which is great, but at the same time, it can be overwhelming and really learning how to use those tools and those new tools strategically. It's a game changer. As you said, like using chat GPT, asking questions or even like brainstorming. I recommend people mm -hmm. to brainstorm. Perhaps you can type, oh, I have experience in sales. I really want to learn more about tech brainstorm possible things that I can do to break into tech. I don't know. I feel like you can use ChatGPT to brainstorm and perhaps yeah. like sharing the things you are interested in, your experience and like get some insights and you can use it or not. It can make sense or not. But I think this exercise is really interesting. Yes. And I use it for even like for non-native speakers, right? I use it to correct my English to make sure that things, the commas are on the right spot, that the ins and ons are good. Because I probably will die with this accent that I have. And that, to me, I'm super fine with it. But sometimes mm -hmm. I want to write, make sure that something is very professional. I throw it on ChatGTP. It gives it to you. Beautiful, perfect English. There's a lot of uses. Even PowerPoints, it can do, even with the free version, you just have to go, then insert the code. But it gives it to you. So there's a lot of uses that I really hope, especially in the Latino community, that we take advantage of this tech because it's going to be like when people didn't think that the internet was going to take off. Right now, it's like, is ChatGTP or AI models like ChatGTP going to change the way that we do things? And I think that if we say no, that could hurt us as a community, as a society uh, later on. Yeah, absolutely. How do you see the future of diversity and inclusion in the tech industry? I would love to have the entire rainbow represented. I don't know when would that happen. I don't know that. But at the same time, it's not, to me, how I try to see things now. It's, it's not just where you come from. And if you're Latino, if you're African-American, if you're Asian, or that is the way that you think. Because even if you have a team of seven Latinos, If they all think alike, that's not real diversity. To me, it's like how your points of view and also the part of inclusion, because we a lot of times talk a lot about diversity, but we forget about the inclusion part. So it's like, how do we make sure that we're not leaving the inclusion part outside? And how can we ensure that we're really bringing the diversity from every perspective, not just where you're from or your color or your ethnicity? I think that's important. How is that going to plan out? I really don't know. But I can tell you that the kids that we've been teaching lately, what we've been seeing in the schools is that nowadays, more than at least five years ago, when we started Nuevo, we do see way more diversity and way more mix in the students that we used to see before. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's important to talk about not just diversity, but also inclusion. And also I feel belonging. And I love this analogy. I heard from someone that diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion, it's to be invited to dance. And belonging mm -hmm. is to 
dance like no one else is watching, like being truly yourself, which is definitely a huge, huge, huge challenge. But without the first steps, without the diversity, it's, it's impossible to achieve that. So yeah, I love this, this conversation about inclusion as well. And Beatrice, we are getting to the end of this episode. And I wanted to, first of all, thank you for your time and your insights. Uh, you shared a lot of the important information. And I want to ask you, which resource helped you in your journey that you want to share with us today? It can be anything. It can be a book, a movie, a quote, like anything you want to share that helped you in your journey that you want to share with us. So something I listen to quite often is the NPR podcast of How I Built This. Because I think that I have these as Latinos, because we have to figure it out. Is this entrepreneurial mindset. And so that's something that I get listened to a lot, the episodes. And I get inspired of creators, inventors, CEOs, founders. That's something that I really like to listen. But I think the best resource that I can think of is your surrounding. Make sure that you're surrounding with people that are like-minded, people that want to see you progress. And you also want to see your friends progress. And not in a, in a setting where people are negative or always dwelling on what's not working or always dwelling on how hard things are and things like that, because it's going to get to you. And so I don't know if that's necessarily the resource that you might be looking for, because you can read all the books that you want. You can listen to all the podcasts, all the movies, have a lot of certifications. But to me, if you are a person that's always looking at the wrong side or like what's bad versus what's good it's difficult right and, and i'm not saying i don't have the hard days and i'm not saying like it's, it's always optimistic or not but the balance has to be a little bit more on the optimistic side because otherwise like life is hard the world of tech it's difficult i don't think it was meant to be made for women for latina for minority like I, i don't think it was made that way but if we just dwell on that part How are you going to be happy or at least calm of seeing that there is a path for us at the end, like a light for us at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good reminder. I love that. And you're right. We have like a lot of resources, book recommendations and a lot of things, but it's also important to think about our networking and the people around us and how they make us feel because it's really mm -hmm. important to keep our energies high because... It's very challenging to be in this space, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I want to leave the last minutes for you to share anything you want to share with us today and also where people can find you. You're going to link to the description of this episode, everything you're sharing. Sounds great. No, thank you, Thaisa, for dealing with me and all the postpones and all of that. I really appreciate it. And for the audience, if I can leave you with one thing is be who you are and do what you love. Never doubt who you are, you know, and if you are the person that is like super Latino and you show it every day, like I try to speak Spanish at least one or two words, even when I'm in important conversation. That's who I am. And that's okay. Uh -huh. I think that that's important for you to remember. And then how you find me everywhere in social media from TikTok to LinkedIn, it's going to be at Bea Gandica. I love that. I love that. Yes, let's be ourselves because all the other people are taken, right? <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> 
that's it for today, everyone. Thank you so much for your time. I would love to hear your thoughts about the podcast and the episodes. Please message us with any insight, any feedback you might have, and also guest suggestions. Message us in your favorite social media platform. We are in all social platforms. And if you want to write us in a review, we will love that. Feel free to write us in a review on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Amazon, or any other streaming that you like. Thank you. Thank you.